Good evening, everyone. Um, welcome to our last city council meeting of the year. Um, I'm going to call the meeting to order. Okay. Um, roll call, please. Um, Councilwoman Lateau. Oh. I can't, I can't hear, did anyone hear? No, uh, Mayor, Councilwoman yeah. Lateau uh, told us on the November 17th meeting that she may not be able to make it tonight. She okay. would uh, be out of cell range. So we, it, it's up to council if they wanna excuse her. Okay. All right, would anyone like to excuse? Motion to um, excuse. Second. Okay, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay, motion carries. Continue with the roll call, please. Aye. Okay, uh, Councilman Sandretto. Here. Okay. Uh, Councilman Mokler. Here. Councilwoman Stady. Here. And Councilwoman Gordon. Here. Okay, thank you. Um, Councilwoman Gordon, would you mind leading us in the Pledge of Allegiance? Sure. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Um, it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> and to the Republic. <laughs> to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible. With order, liberty. With liberty and, and justice for all. Thank you. Okay, um, the consent agenda today consists of three things, the regular meeting minutes, uh, December 1st, the bills and communications, and, um, and that's what it consists of. Okay, um, so I'm willing to take, entertain a motion on the approval of the consent agenda. Madam Mayor. I uh, move to approve the consent agenda as read. Second. Okay. All in favor? Oh, Board I guess we need, to have, we need to have a roll call for this. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Uh, Councilwoman Gordon? Yes. Councilman Sandretto? Yes. Councilman Mokler? Yes. Councilwoman Stady? Yes. Okay. Um, motion carries. Um, okay, moving to proclamations and acknowledgements. Uh, we'll do the approval of the agenda. Mayor, if I could uh, just real quickly, I think that if, if I am correct, if I'm correct, there was a item that was added as, as a discussion item, is that is that correct concerning the Benton REA? No, I don't believe oh, it so. wasn't. Okay. So I know there was um, an individual uh, uh, developers or citizen that had um, put in a request for comments. So I think probably the appropriate place to take that would be during visitor comments. Oh, okay. 
And that was Mr. Uh, Steve Bauman, I believe. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, so um, I'll entertain a, a motion to approve the agenda. No, roll call, please. Approve the agenda as written. Do I have a second? Second. Okay. Roll call, please. Okay. It looks like we have um, Councilwoman uh, Lato has has entered. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm here. And we can hear you well this time. That's good. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You want me to continue with that roll call? Please. Okay. Uh, Councilwoman Sandrato, uh, sorry, Councilman Sandrato. Yes. Councilwoman Lateau. Yes. Councilwoman Stady. Yes. Yes. Councilwoman Gordon. Yes. And Councilman Mokler. Yes. Okay, thank you. Motion carries. Um, visitor comments for non-agenda items. And we have Mr. Zetz on first. Mayor, Mr. Zetz is not going to be in person. He just wanted his email uh, part of the agenda packet. Okay. Right. Um, but we also have a Mr. Bowman who uh, wish to make a public comment tonight. Yes, Mr. Bauman. Good evening, this is Stephen Bauman. I'm the developer that is working on the Mountain View Meadows project. And um, I think it's appropriate if you are okay with it that uh, Derek with the Benton REA, um, I, I think that he's probably more prepared to explain um, what we have. Is, is it okay if he, um, makes a statement? Um, I'll have to ask uh, the attorney. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anything uh, wrong with that per se. I just, I would point out that there is in that uh, franchise agreement. Um, I can't recall the, the exact section in that agreement, but it does uh, outline a process for, I think what, what the discussion is going to focus on tonight, which is, um, the, the undergrounding of utilities. But I, he, I, I think it's fine if Mr. Miller makes his, his statement. I don't, I don't think there's a problem with that. Okay. Thank you. Mr. Miller then. Yes, can you hear me? I can. Okay, I had asked that uh, you be handed out a, uh, a little drawing. Did every council member receive that? Was the drawing sent out, Tiffany? Yes, it was, Mayor, to okay. the council members. Okay. Okay. Um, what what has occurred is uh, we began working with a developer um, for Mountain Meadows, and we don't really do a lot of work 
for developments in Benton City. We've done most of them seem to be occurring in West Richland. And uh, their franchise with us is a little different. So my engineer that was working with a developer didn't recall a year ago that we'd set a new franchise agreement or uh, just, just forgot. Uh, needless to say, there's a segment of underground on Kendall Road or overhead lying on Kendall Road. And the franchise states that if you're going to rebuild or relocate, it will be undergrounded. Well, we're at the 11th hour of design for the development and the development will be served all underground. It's a total underground design, but the overhead line runs past the development and actually serves another neighborhood south on Chris Road, a, a trailer park there with uh, three different phases. And we do that for a load balancing scenario. So I, uh, in the review process, I don't see it till it's close to getting released. And I said, well, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We got a franchise here that requires us to go underground unless we have a variance. And that has to be granted by the mayor or the city council. And so I said, do we have a variance? And needless to say, we don't have a variance. So part of the project that the developer will be required to do is to widen Kendall Road, put in curb and sidewalk and clean that up as, as part of his development process. And my engineer had designed just a, a pole overhead relocation, moving the poles that are currently in road right away, just into the easement on the private property along Kendall Road and then serving the development underground. Well, the cost to do so, uh, Benton REA would incur about $90,000 to relocate with brand new poles, new wire, and bring that along. And the developer would incur approximately $170,000 to lay in the, the infrastructure into the development. But, um, to actually eliminate that overhead line, because there's some neighborhoods on the south side of Kendall that are already underground, but they're served from that overhead line. Um, to completely underground that line, um, as per the franchise, would uh, increase the developer's cost by almost double, about 300, from 170,000 to 330,000 um, for the developer. Um, that's not something Benton REA would incur on our membership because it's triggered by the development. So um, what I am here to, to ask is for the variance due to the, the massive increase in costs and um, late stage of where we're at. I think there were comments, something got lost in communication in the comment process. I know Kyle Kurth had, had pointed it out, but somewhere it missed. So here we are and um, 
Um, Mr. Yeah, Miller. entertain any questions. Um, yes, I was gonna say we have a time limit. Um, I don't know if council has any questions that they would ask or, and, and if um, Mr. Bauman would like to come back on or not. This is Stephen Bauman. Um, like Mr. Miller stated, we've been working on this project for some time and uh, we believed that we were following through with the process as, as required. And late last week, we found out that there was this uh, franchise agreement that we didn't know about. And so we're asking, and in the franchise agreement, there is a clause that says, you know, that if for a, for a drastic cost increase, there is the possibility of a, of a waiver of that undergrounding. And as he stated, our project will be served 100% from underground utilities. And it's just the existing overhead that, um, so we're asking that you would grant that variance, both so that the project can move forward um, on the timeline that we've all been working on as well as um, because it's not, we're not serving it, we're just moving an existing line. Are there any comments from council or questions? We obviously cannot make a determination tonight because this um, was not on the agenda as a specific agenda item uh, for approval. So, um, if council has any comments, if you could make them now and then uh, we'll set this up um, as needed. Um, well, and, and just to be clear, Mayor, if I, if I could, this is uh, uh, Craig Briggs. Um, the, that section eight in the, uh, in the uh, Benton uh, REA franchise agreement pretty clearly spells out what that process is. So what I would encourage is uh, for the developers to get uh, the documentation that they do have um, uh, showing those cost impacts um, over to the executive's office so that the uh, mayor can make an assessment uh, on whether or not an exemption from that that condition of undergrounding would be warranted. Um, the the council's role here would be it, from a perspective of an appeal in the event that um, that that uh, application is made to the mayor and and it's denied. And then council would have an opportunity to, to wane at that point. So the concern here is um, that council wouldn't want to bind any uh, uh, future decision making in the event that um, that that appeal did go to their to that governing body. If that makes sense. Okay. So um, I guess we'll be looking for your um, request for a waiver. And thank you for bringing it forward. Are there any other um, citizens that would like to? Um, Madam Mayor. Yes. My understanding is Mr. Zetz's letter was supposed to be displayed and read at the council meeting in its full entirety. Uh, it's. It's included in the agenda packet in its full entirety. My understanding again, that it was to be fully read during the citizens comments during the meeting. 
It would take um, very long to read that in three minutes or even five. It could be shared with council members and the public um, via screen share. And then we could we could read it at our leisure as a group, you know, public included. As long as it gets out to the public, I'm a happy camper. Well, um, I guess uh, I'll have to defer to the attorneys on this one. Is that proper for comment? I think it would be appropriate for comment, but again, it's um, to, to Mr. Deckert's concern. It is out to the public. It's been it's been published in in the packet uh, uh, for tonight's uh, council meeting. So um, that concern should be allayed by that fact. Uh, and I think uh, if the if if the mayor would like to have that read into the record, that would be fine too. It may go over that uh, three minute uh, uh, comment um, period, but. Uh, ultimately, that's up to the to the chairperson to decide. So, if the mayor, okay, well, if, if uh, the mayor wishes would, to have that read, that would be fine. I would love love to have it read, so the public can hear every little bit of uh, info that's in there, which may or not is not true, most of it anyway. But we'll go ahead. So, Mayor, would you like me to read that? I think we lost Jenny. Yes. Um, so letter to Benton City Council, December 6, 2020. Honorable Benton City Council, thank you for taking the time to read my opinion on the recent activities regarding development in Benton City. As many of you may already know, there are serious issues with the way Benton City is processing land use applications. In particular, the Dollar General has raised serious questions about the ethics and competence of Linda Lehman. It's, it is no secret that the first round of notification was not done properly, and in a Band-Aid effort, the SEPA checklist was rerouted for comment. This, of course, was a meaningless gesture as a determination of non-significance had already been issued two days before it even was published in the paper for comment April 17, 2020, and no traffic study was done. In other words, she made her determination when asked for comment how does that make sense, even if you don't know land use procedures? What has she been learning the last four years? What's done is done at this point, and I have educated the neighbors of their rights and put them in touch with attorneys willing to take their case. It is my hope that they receive just compensation for the damage that Linda has caused. Here are the facts. Benton City's own comprehensive plan states, Housing goal two, preserve and enhance established neighborhoods in a manner that is consistent with the overall land use plan. Policy one, identify, reinforce, and protect the character of established residential neighborhoods. The GMA requires that LOS standards be regionally coordinated. This coordination occurs locally through the Benton Franklin Council of Governments, which is the regional transportation planning organization for bi-county area. The regionally adopted LOS standard is B. One of the more significant requirements of the GMA is that a proposed development will cause the LOS of the transportation facility to decline below the adapted standard or adopted standard. 
then the proposed development cannot be approved for construction unless transportation improvements or strategies to accommodate the impact of development are made concurrent with the development. Furthermore, here is a summary of concurrency law straight from the MRSC website. As part of the requirement to develop a comprehensive plan, jurisdictions are required to establish level of service standards, LOS, for arterials, transit service, and other facilities. RCW 36.70A.070 6A, once a jurisdiction sets an LOS, it is used to determine whether the impacts of a proposed development can be met through existing capacity and or to decide what level of additional facilities will be required. Transportation is the only area of concurrency that specifies denial of development if LOS standards cannot be met. However, local jurisdictions must have a program to correct existing deficiencies and bring existing transportation facilities and services up to locally adopted standards. A developer may not be required to pay for improvements to correct existing deficiencies. What Linda, Linda Lehman has done is neither consistent with the comprehensive plan nor RCW 36780070. It's unfortunate that between massive bills submitted by the city attorney that you are not getting better legal advice as I doubt he has ever mentioned concurrency law or even knows what the LOS for the, is for the intersection surrounding the Dollar General. I further suspect that neither the attorney or Linda has mentioned that a second parcel was created behind the Dollar General and that the future commercial development will also send its traffic onto Second Street. Linda Lehman does not deserve the honor of be being called mayor. She has abandoned her oath of office and ignored the law. She has abandoned the work of the Planning Commission and ignored the comprehensive plan. She has turned her back on the families who live in that neighborhood for the sake of a few Facebook Karens bleeding about their desire to, sh to shop for cheap garbage while never before having supported the local businesses of Benton City. She is more concerned about her legacy than doing what is right for the people she represents. So she has made a deal with an out-of-state business who doesn't care one bit about Benton City or its residents. This deal is to save Dollar General money by not requiring them to make improvements to SR-225 and put commercial traffic where it belongs and not onto a residential street. A great deal for Dollar General, not so good for the residents in that neighborhood. What did Dollar General give Linda in exchange for, for such a sweetheart deal? Saving Dollar General money at the expense of the citizens who will forever pay for it, shameful. This is what failed leadership looks like. This is what poor economic development looks like. This is what self-interest look like. And what of the Dollar General? Their first introduction to the neighborhood was to send a nasty letter to homeowners telling them to move their fences or they would be destroyed. Fences that have been in place over 40 years. That is what Linda has brought to this community. Thankfully, some of those neighbors are fighting back and suing for adverse possession. It's clear to me that Linda has no sympathy for the families who live there, for the children who will no longer be able to ride their bikes safely in the street, for the homes who will have light blasting through their windows or noise of delivery trucks. I believe that Linda has demonstrated she is grossly incompetent or she views her elected office as a dictatorship and the families in that neighborhood, mere peasants sacrificed in order to salvage her out of touch and out of date policies, which have only resulted in failure. Either way, the citizens of Benton City deserve better. 
As the SEPA official for Benton City, it was Linda Lehman's job to ensure that a big corporation did not trample over the rights and quality of life for the citizens in that neighborhood. After over four years of failed economic policies and a laundry list of failed businesses under her administration, she chose her own pride and vanity over the people she should have protected. It's time for Linda to do the right thing. She should resign and apologize to those families and beg for their forgiveness. Sadly, this will not happen. I have seen narcissism in politicians before and they never see it in themselves. The only thing you can expect is spirited excuses and deflection. As council members, there's much you can, not much you can do, but you can ask questions. And I would certainly ask Linda why she did not require a traffic study before she issued her determination and why she wouldn't require Dollar General to do road improvements on SR 225. I think you will find the answer simple. Dollar General told Linda it will be too expensive and they would walk. And Linda desperately needs a ribbon to cut. And now you know who Linda is really working for. And it is not the citizens of Benton City. Steve Zetz, Benton City residents. Thank you, Mr. Zetz. Um, I will have our planning uh, planner uh, address these during the planning report. Okay, anyone else? All right, um, moving on to the sheriff's report, Lieutenant Clark. Mayor, it looks like Lieutenant Clark is just getting uh, hooked up to talk, so it might just okay. be a minute. All right. Lieutenant Clark, can you hear us? Maybe we should take the attorney's report in the interim until he's hooked up. Okay. All right. Um, okay, attorney report. Bear with me, Mayor. I'm just trying to, I'm scrolling down to that portion of the agenda here. Almost there. Okay, so we had, um, as you can see in, in the uh, packet there, uh, under general, we had a, a total of $8,355 uh, spent, um, again, from the period uh, October 26 to November uh, 25. And with regard to special product uh, projects, um, $5,895 for a total of uh, $14,250. There was uh, just a little over $2,000 spent on RCO matters, 300 on uh, COVID-19 and 45 on the union uh, grievance matter. And within the uh, special uh, projects, just a moment here, let me find my notes. So uh, concerning the special pr uh, projects, uh, specifically um, Sun Market, 
accounted for the largest majority. It was uh, uh, $2,100 with regard to uh, Sun Market, Jacobs Road Development. Um, the Just a Minute Mart uh, project accounted for uh, $540. The AT&T AT lease agreement accounted for $420. Uh, General accounted for $1,305, uh, again, of that $5,895. Uh, the Irene Platt accounted for uh, $600 uh, in billables, and staff retention accounted for uh, $450. And so and that's can, a you, can you explain what the general category is? So again, the general category would be, um, you know, items such as uh, preparing the uh, the agenda item documents, um, responding to or, or reviewing uh, contracts, things of that that nature, as opposed to um, you know the special projects, which are more long term. Uh, uh, things the general would 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 be um, things that are are more uh, common in the day-to-day -day, uh, functions of, of the executive. So it would include like the preparation items that that went into today's uh, uh, council meeting. Okay, thank you. Does council have any questions? All right, hearing none. Um, is uh, Lieutenant Clark online now? Yes, are you able to hear me now? I can. Excellent, I apologize, Mayor, for that. I must have <laughs> the wrong ID number. That's okay. So, so I, I appreciate you guys being patient. No problem. And uh, so basically, I'll just uh, start in on it. Um, you guys have the numbers in front of you. Um, this year in November of 2020, uh, the calls for service have gone down um, from the same time last year in 2019. Uh, this year in November, we had 225 calls for service um, out of those um, calls, we had 28 case offenses with suspended licenses. Um, there was one DUI. During the cases that we did, we, we did not have uh, major cases out there in Benton City. Um, with the weather and COVID, uh, everything going on in the community, I think uh, things have been pretty calm. Um, for, for our side of things in law enforcement, I, I think Benton City is doing uh, very well at this time. Uh, the crimes have gone down, the calls for service have gone down. So we're, we're always pleased to be able to say that. Great. Are there any questions for Lieutenant Clark? Yeah, uh, Lieutenant Clark. Yeah. I, I noticed you had a lot of field arrests. Um, I think it was nine. Was that traffic emphasis or what was that related to? So a lot of those field arrests will come from is our 
deputies out there bringing people that come back with warrants, typically warrants, so it's considered a field arrest. Okay. okay. Any other questions? Okay, hearing none. Thank you very much for the good report. Um, okay, we'll move on now to the chamber report. Good evening, my mayor, city councilor, city staff, can you hear me? We have a lot of feedback, uh, Dakota. Um, Is that any better? Yes. Sorry about that. Um, good evening, everyone. Uh, just want to start off by saying I uh, hope you and your families had a great Thanksgiving and wishing you and your families a uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays coming up. Um, just want to start off with our fourth quarter report um, going through our statistics. So looking at the numbers uh, for social uh, media engagement we had as far as Facebook reach, uh, we had a great quarter um, with our events that we had over the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, we had 61,466 people that were reached on uh, Facebook. Engagements were at 21,351 people who engaged with our posts. Uh, we did see a, quite a significant increase over the last quarter with our Facebook followers, now at 2,518. Instagram followers, that went up as well, we're at 372. Uh, Twitter, 97. Website clicks, uh, we definitely saw a dramatic increase in this for the amount of people visiting our website, 2007. Um, and this also includes for weekly newsletter recipients. We're now at 612 who are rece uh, receiving news and information related to things going on in the Ben City community. So that is great. Uh, membership, we finished out strong 51 uh, business members, 15 associates. I know we touched on the Halloween events that we had uh, back in October. Uh, we had a, a great event there, over 500 entries in the uh, costume contests for the uh, home decorating as well. Um, uh, Dakota, Dakota, um, you are still very staticky. If can you turn the speaker off on your computer? Maybe that would, if you can mute that and just you're using the phone now. Is that correct? Maybe he's just going to dial in. Madam Mayor, is that any better? Yes, that's okay. much better. We can hear you now. <laughs> okay, my apologies. <laughs> um, so after uh, going through the statistics, hopefully everybody was able to hear that. Um, but we did uh, finish strong with assisting uh, the city in advertising the, the grant applications and 
contacting uh, both in person and online uh, for the grant applications. Tiffany was awesome and as well as the city staff um, working with them on that. Uh, we're definitely gearing up. We just finished part of Winterfest. Uh, we've got one more thing to finish off for the year, which is our holiday baskets, which we will get to in a second. Um, you will see included in your packet the, the winners that were announced for the uh, first annual Ben City Community People's Choice Awards. Uh, so we were very excited to uh, have that this year and we had a great turnout. Um, on the second page of the report, you'll see more details of the event recap. Um, so again, Community Choice Awards, we had 211 nominations for 18 award categories. Um, again, in its first year, that was fantastic. Um, Halloween events also went uh, tremendous. Uh, there are pictures both online and our website that uh, we would certainly encourage everyone to, to check out to see the turnout that we had. We did advertise um, and trying to promote uh, shopping and uh, supporting local for our Small Business Saturday, uh, which was this past month. As far as the things that uh, we are finishing off the year with, uh, Winterfest. So we had a uh, Winterfest lighted procession this last Saturday at 5 p.m. Uh, I would say we had well over 25 vehicles, um, both including local Benton City residents who uh, wanted to decorate their vehicles as well as the lighted um, big rigs that came into town. Um, I, I assume a lot of people uh, saw the posts that uh, were shared in a couple community pages. Overall, I would say that the events uh, went well. It didn't go as well as we had hoped for. Unfortunately, um, the route that we were following, um, there became a safety concern uh, with the big rigs and um, it's just something that unfortunately that's the way things happened. Um, but overall, we spread Christmas cheer this last Saturday, uh, engaged the community, said yes, and made things happen where other cities uh, did cancel similar events. And I think overall, um, we, overall, the reactions that we saw in people's faces were uh, reassurance for why we continue to engage the community the way we do. With uh, this current week and uh, getting ready for Christmas, we are going to be finishing strong with our Christmas holiday baskets. Um, we are continuing to accept physical and monetary donations. Uh, we would ask that if the city councilors or anyone joining this meeting has a family that they believe uh, need to be uh, sponsored, that they reach out to our organization. Um, we've got right now over 20 local uh, families that uh, both our organization as well as with the help of uh, the Faith Council, Friendship Kitchen, uh, Kyona Benton School District, we're all partnering up uh, to make sure that no one is going without this holiday season and that um, every child that um, may not be receiving a gift that this community is going to be there for them um, for Christmas. So that is what we are finishing up the quarter with. Um, you will see included in tonight's packet the proposal for the upcoming uh, city chamber contract so that we're uh, hitting the ground running for January and uh, getting the gears going for another very successful year at the Chamber of Commerce and Visitor Information Center. I think this year in particular, um, just to kind of wrapping up this year, we, we did a it was an interesting year for a lot of reasons, but we, we didn't say no 
uh, when COVID came our way, we made things happen uh, for both our organization and our community. Um, sometimes that uh, went super well and better than to be expected. Sometimes we had some bumps in the road, but overall, um, even if we didn't have Bend City Days, we found a way to engage uh, Bend City in our uh, community. We found a way to engage our businesses and overall super proud of the team that we have and those uh, volunteers and the people who uh, are community partners who made this happen. Thank you the city council, city staff, thank you all. And uh, looking forward to working with you on the contract proposal. And uh, if there's any questions, happy to answer that at this time. Dakota, this is uh, Councilmember Gordon. Um, I don't really have a question, but just wanted to say I was uh, pretty impressed with the turnout when it came to your um, lighted procession. I was driving through Benton City, I don't know, maybe half an hour before, and I was trying to figure out why all these people were lined up in the street. Like, why are they parked there? And then it occurred to me that you guys were doing your thing, but it, it looked like it was a pretty good turnout. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Councilmember Gordon. Appreciate that. Anyone else? Hearing none, we'll uh, thank you, Dakota, and we'll move on to the grant writer introduction. So, good evening. Good um, evening. <laughs> <laughs> that picture isn't me, by the way. Somehow um, my husband's Bitmoji um, defaulted in on my sign-in. So there you go. <laughs> so as most of you are aware, um, I am retiring uh, from the Community Grant Writer Partnership position, uh, but I am leaving you in good hands. Uh, taking over the contract will be Megan Hoke. And uh, Megan is on here with us. Megan, would you give a bit of an introduction of yourself, please? Uh, sure. <laughs> As Sue said, my name is Megan Hoke and I live in the Dalles, Oregon. So I'm in the Columbia River Gorge area and I'm familiar with you got where you guys are. Uh, we're a small town too, and I've been in uh, grant writing for about six years now, and I've done everything from small professional development grants all the way up to USDA and federal grants and Title III and stuff like that. Um, I'm a big believer in rural community development and creating job opportunities and growing communities so that people wanna stay here and live here instead of moving away. And I just, I love everything about the sense of community and belonging and small towns. And so I'm really excited to put my masters in writing to use, creating grant projects for you guys and helping you fulfill what your mission and vision is for Benton City. So I am very honored and excited and, Looking forward to doing the daunting task of filling Sue's very big shoes. She is much beloved and just looking over her work, I can tell she has laid a fantastic foundation for you guys. And I don't, I know I'm going to miss her having just worked with her these past few weeks. So I can only imagine how much you guys are gonna miss her. So thank you, Sue, for uh, all the work you've done. And uh, I'm looking forward to working with Benton City in the future. Thank you. 
So um, Megan and I and Neil from Prosser Economic Development Association met recently with Linda and Jenny and Alan um, to we discussed past, current and potential future projects. So uh, Megan is gonna get a good start on those. I've also shared with her the past grant applications that have been awarded for Benton City and those that are pending. Um, just quick updates on a couple of things. The, the No Child Left Inside grant was extended through 2021. Tiffany had, had uh, sent in that report an extension request. So that's, that's a good thing. And Megan is also available to work with uh, Brenda and the city um, whoever she needs to in order to do program development and make sure that that program happens next year for uh, outdoor activities for youth. Um, the other thing that I was working on was the railroad bridge purchase and I did some research that um, it looks like we'll be able to justify an offer much lower than the valuation that Union Pacific Railroad came up with and so I have drafted a letter with some of that justification in it and have given that to the mayor um, for you to follow up with when you choose with Union Pacific. So that's where that one stands. And I just wanna say thank you for the opportunity to work together for the last few years. Um, and it's been my pleasure. Thank you. It's been our pleasure too. Uh, we definitely will be missing you, that's for sure. So I thank wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. You're welcome. And we look forward to working with Megan Thanks. as well. I'm, I'm very excited to be here and Sue's leaving you in good hands. She's been training me up for the past month and going over all your past success projects. And it's been really wonderful to learn about Benton City's history and, and your goals. So I'm looking forward to working with you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, ladies. Appreciate it. Have a good retirement, Sue. Thanks. Okay. Um, we'll now move on to the planning report. Um, and uh, Nicole Stickley, please. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yes. Excellent. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, I did provide a report uh, here recently, and we outlined the things that we um, completed since our last report, which we provided in early October. Um, just, I won't go over every detail, but in general, uh, we continue to answer questions, uh, provide information uh, related to planning, permitting, and all of those types of things. Um, we've been working. Um, through looking at your your ordinances and uh, and different uh, changes that have been made, one of the things we did is we were able to update uh, the zoning map in paper format uh, and provided that to the clerk so that you have a uh, accurate depiction of the, the zoning reflecting all the recent ordinances. Um, we've worked on uh, determining how the comprehensive plan amendment might be initiated for the year 2020. Um, and that's one of your items for tonight is to look at that. Uh, we did facilitate a meeting with staff to look at and generate potential uh, suggestions that have been added into private party application uh, requests. We uh, 
completed our review of the Dollar General store and also the Babs Avenue boundary line adjustment. Um, there was a lot of back and forth on the BLA, but we were able to make sure that every step of the way um, things were done correctly. And if not, that they were then later rectified. For the Babs Avenue RV park um, permit, I won't go into too much detail because that will be a quasi-judicial matter, but um, I just noted that we've been processing that permit. For Sun Market, um, we've been working through that. And uh, yesterday, uh, the city has issued a final, uh, not a final, a preliminary binding site plan and a preliminary approval for commercial site plan. Uh, we've prepared and co coordinated for proper notice. The next step will be to issue final versions of those determinations following the comment and appeal period. Uh, we finished a short plat uh, preliminary review on Carroll Avenue and we've started up on some other new projects. And then for the SMP periodic update, as you may recall, we have uh, provided a draft resolution which was passed by council um, approving a public participation plan. We've also completed an initial review checklist identifying what amendments will be needed for this periodic review. Our next step is to prepare some letters to be sent out to property owners, get things set up uh, so there will be a project website, provide that information. Um, as we can. And then, um, Mayor, you wanted me to go over some of the responses that I had prepared. I yes, think to the letter. Okay. So um, I did have the opportunity to review um, the communication that was provided by Steve Zetz. Um, I have. Uh, provided some response uh, in some level of detail to some of the uh, sort of presumptions that were made. I didn't address any of the kind of personal stuff that was um, in the letter. So in terms of uh, his comment about the SEPA checklist being rerouted for comment, he said it was a meaningless gesture. Um, the city in fact did issue a modified DNS on September 25th together with an updated SEPA checklist. There was a comment period from that date until October 9th, and the DNS stated that the lead agency would not act on the proposal for 14 days to allow for the appeal period and comment periods to conclude. Um, so in terms of that uh, notion of it being a meaningless gesture, um, I would say to the contrary, there was an opportunity to make comments and or to file an appeal of the determination if anyone felt aggrieved by the decision. Um, DNS decisions can be amended and furthermore, no permit had been issued at that point. So it, it wasn't a meaningless gesture. Um, the Ecology website does show that in order to finalize a SEPA with DNS, the lead SEPA agency must consider all comments received and may at that time either determine the comments do not warrant additional review and decide to retain the DNS. Uh, the agency can also decide more information should be added to the DNS and issue a modified DNS, essentially the step we took, but we couldn't have modified it yet again. Um, a modified DNS can re include revised information, additional mitigation measures and proposed changes, or an agency can always withdraw a DNS, conduct additional review and issue a new SEPA document. Um, again, under SEPA, the lead agency must consider all comments on a DNS, but there is no requirement to respond to the comments and the lead agency may choose to retain a DNS, issue revised DNS. 
or if significant adverse impacts are identified at that point, they can withdraw DNS and issue a determination of significance that would um, go start the process where an environmental impact statement would be um, put together. So that answers that um, bit of the correspondence. He talked about um, a second parcel being created behind the Dollar General and um, his words says future development will also send its traffic onto 2nd Street. Um, it is true that there was a short plat that was approved to um, dividing the original parcel into two lots. Short plat review was subject to preliminary review and then a final review and was finally approved back in July by the mayor shown by the signature on the face of the plat. Um, in terms of the <clears throat> discussion about traffic onto 2nd Street, any future development on that Eastern parcel will be subject to a site plan review for its own. And that will include a review of access and egress. The short plat did include the establishment of a 36 foot wide easement to the benefit of lot two. However, I don't conclude that that's the only possible access to that lot because that second parcel does front Babs Avenue and First Street. Um, there was a there was a phrase given um, that work that we the mayor has abandoned the work of the planning commission and ignored the comprehensive plan. Um, I would say to that that the comprehensive land use map was approved by council in 2017, following a planning commission work and public process, and at that time the property was designated as commercial. It's also worth noting that the properties to the south and the east of the site are designated agricultural, suburban, and not residential. Um, from the comprehensive plan, uh, those different um, terms are identified. I'll go over that in detail. And then um, he also talked about uh, traffic going onto a residential street. I noted that the classification of streets according to the comprehensive plan are uh, principal arterial, minor arterial, major collector, minor collector, and then local streets. So there's no classification in the comprehensive plan known as residential streets. It, um, and again, there's also designated truck routes uh, per the statewide freight and goods transportation. SR-225 is indicated, included as a T3 type uh, truck route. Babs Avenue um, is a major collector and second street is called a local street. So again, it's not called residential street, it's called the local street and the land use is, called, is uh, commercial. Um, there was the discussion about that letters about fences. Um, I would only say to that encroachments and adverse possession matters or private civil matters. Um, again, the comprehensive plan land use map was approved in council in 2017, followed the planning commission work and a public process which designated that subject property as commercial. So this discussion of commercial uses, it's, it's in concert with the comprehensive plan because that's the designation. Um, the uh, talk about uh, it's mayor's job to ensure a big corporation doesn't trample over the rights and quality of life for citizens in a neighborhood. Uh, I would just uh, note that the role of the CEPA responsible officials to ensure the environmental analysis meets CEPA procedural requirements. And also CEPA substantial authority is the regulatory authority granted to all state and local agencies to condition or deny a proposal or to ensure identified environmental impacts can be sufficiently offset. 
Um, and, I, and I would say furthermore, if any person feels aggrieved by a decision or has any inf environmental information provided, there are opportunities for comment and or appeal and those opportunities were given. Um, and then finally, my last comment, I know I've read a lot, I'm sorry for that, uh, but you wanted me to go through this. Um, as shown on the site plan, Dollar General will be making improvements to the roads. There was some discussion about well, what, you know, what are they going to be doing? Um, so to be clear, and this was all in the SEPA documentation, uh, the final round of it, uh, their improvements will include the construction of curb, gutter, and sidewalk extending about 200 feet along the north property line along Babs Avenue. And there will also be a sidewalk extending 320 feet along the west property lines. That's along 2nd Avenue. This is in addition to striping a crosswalk for pedestrians traveling east to west. And there will be channelization, that's the turning lanes, for northbound approach onto Babs Avenue slash 2nd Street intersection. And in addition, the stop sign is going to be removed and reset according to WashDOT standards. Um, and for anyone who wants to look at it, the whole SEPA record is available on the statewide SEPA registry. Um, SEPA, as a reminder, stands for the State Environmental Policy Act. And so if you go to SEPA register online, you can type in Benton City and you can see all of the decisions and all the records that have been posted there. So it's, it's uh, available fully transparent at that location. Um, and that concludes my report. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Council. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Are there any questions? Okay. Hearing none, we'll uh, move on. Thank you, Nicole. All right. Um, staff report, business license, treasurer's report, and code report are all in your packet. Um, maintenance report is there as well. Um, if you had any questions for anyone on that, any of those? All right, then council committee reports. Are there any? Okay, hearing none, we'll move to the public hearings. So I'll um, now um, adjourn the regular council meeting and open the public hearing. Okay, this is the public hearing um, regarding the 2020 Comprehensive Plan Amendment docket. Do you have any questions on this for Nicole? Okay. Are there any um, are there any questions from the audience that would like to make a statement about the the comprehensive plan amendment docket? Okay. Hearing none. I guess we can move forward unless you wanted to go through those changes, uh, Nicole. I think you went through some of them already, but um, okay, if I don't, um, 
hear anyone asking questions, I guess we will close the public hearing. And we will resume the council meeting. Okay, <clears throat> we'll move on now to ordinance 1016, second uh, reading. Excuse me, Mayor. Yes. We, need, we need to make a motion to um, adopt the suggested docket. Oh, okay. I see that now, sorry. Okay, I'll, I'll um, accept a motion. I move to approve the suggested docket list to the 12 proposed changes to the city comprehensive plan and to refer this list to the planning commission for further consideration and processing in accordance to the city code requirements and in keeping with the state's growth management act. Second. Okay, roll call, please. Councilwoman Lateau. Yes. Councilman Sandretto. Yes. Councilman Mochler. Yes. Councilwoman Stady. Yes. Councilwoman Gordon. Yes. Mayor, we have five yeses. Okay, motion carries, thank you. All right, ordinance 1016, second reading Benton City 2021 and 22 biennial budget. Do we have a motion to uh, the second reading of the budget? Madam Mayor, I move to approve the second reading of ordinance 1016 for consideration of the city of Benton City 2021-2022 biannual budget. Stady second. Okay, roll call, please. Okay, Councilwoman Stady. Yes. Councilwoman Lateau. Yes. Councilman Sandretto. Yes. Councilwoman Gordon. Yes. Councilman Mochler. Yes. Mayor, we have five yeses. Okay, thank you. Motion carries. Um, ordinance. 1017, second reading, 2021 employee salaries and benefits. Madam Mayor, I move to approve the second reading of ordinance 1017 for consideration of the city of Benton City 2021 salaries and benefits. Okay. Is there a second? Second. Okay. You're very faint, Mr. Sandretto. It's hard to hear you. I'm going um, away from my computer. I don't know what else I can do for you. Well, that, that sounded pretty good, just what you just said there. 
I was in the same spot last time. <laughs> I don't know what okay. to tell you. All right, we'll ask you to repeat sometimes, I guess. Okay, um, we have um, a motion and a second. Um, and roll call, please. Councilman Mokler? Yes. Councilwoman Lateau? Yes. Councilwoman Stady? Yes. Councilwoman Gordon? Yes. And Councilman Sandretto? Yes. Mayor, we have five yeses. Okay, motion carries, thank you. All right, resolution 2020-60, 2021 fee schedule. So Mayor, I'll explain a little bit about this. Um, okay. The changes to this fee schedule, we've, we've kind of talked about in uh, previous meetings and in our budget workshop. We wanted the fee schedule to reflect the um, costs that the city has billed from Northwest Code Professionals, Spinking Engineering and AHBL, which is our planning uh, consultant as well as correct the city staff hourly rates. Um, so we also did increase our sewer and water rates by 2% over 2020. And as we spoke about in our budget workshops and in our uh, budget hearings, uh, the sewer connection and the one inch meter water connection were both raised by $1,000 respectively. And the, those increases, uh, with the increased development in Benton City, those increases will help cover the cost to accommodate or maintain the services uh, for those new developments. Um, does anybody have any questions on the changes? And the changes are in red. I have a few questions. Sure. So with the sewer and the water rate increases, is that going to price us out of a developmental standard? I mean, if you can build in West Richland and do it cheaper, why wouldn't you? Well, we did look at the West Richland um, connection fees and we were actually less than their connection fees for sewer and water. Are we still less than them when we look at 3,000 and 1,500? This is actually less than them, yes. And we did not uh, increase as much as West Richland because we felt that was too large of an increase. I know we just increased our water connection fee in the last year or so. So I, I bring it up because I don't wanna be jumping pricing on people too much. Sure. Uh, and when we had our meeting uh, with regards to pricing, um, Kyle actually did some of the legwork and uh, got the West Richland fee schedule. So we all had a conversation about it. And we felt that, you know, with the increased development, with the larger developments coming in, um, the increase would just go to help maintain some of our systems or improve some of our systems to be able to cover the costs that we're gonna, the city's gonna have to incur to have those additional properties. And it is a one-time fee, you know, for that hookup. So that's just how we, we thought about it while we were setting those fees. Okay. 
I appreciate you looking into this so that the developer pays a, an amount that's not exorbitant, but fair, so that the citizens that are not part of the new development or potentially um, going to earn a profit, that the developer will pay a portion of those charges and hookups because we've spoken for years that they were not up in alignment with what it costs us to have our city employees do the work. Tiffany, did you hear my other question? No, I'm sorry, I did not. Uh, under 6.03.100, uh, we switched all the animal stuff, the cost for euthanasia, disposal, and tranquilizer. Uh, is there a reason why? Well, we did just have a youth, uh, euthanasia of an animal that cost us more than the $100 that is on this uh, fee schedule. It actually cost us over $200. So we felt that um, if that is something the city is going to have to do, and this was for a, an animal that was deemed um, uh, not, not a good animal, it was declared dangerous. So, you know, it's something we had to do. Uh, we would rather the cost be covered instead of the city paying for a portion of that. Bunch of red under section eight, title 16. Can you speak to that? So uh, under the title eight, title nine, and um, probably most of section 10, these are, this is, this is the language we put in there to cover the cost of our planning consultant. So basically how, how it's written is that the, the person who wishes to do these type of development applications have to pay a, a deposit. And the deposit is an estimated half the cost of what the entire development application is going to cost. So basically um, they'll pay a deposit and then um, when we are billed by the city's planning consultant, they will pay the additional charges plus the 10% administrative surcharge. The city uh, employees are still processing a lot of the paperwork that uh, is required for the development applications. We're still sending out the letters. Uh, we're still uh, sending out the letters of uh, proposed or for preliminary approvals. So it was it was thought between the planning consultant and staff that this this kind of makes sense to make sure that the city isn't covering the cost of those ap applications that developers want to do that the uh, developer is is bearing the cost of that
Is there any further discussion? Okay, I would entertain a motion. Move to approve resolution 2020-60 for the city of Benton City 2021 fee schedule. Second. Okay, roll call please. Uh, Councilman Mulkler. Yes. Councilman Sandretto. Yes. Councilwoman Stady. Yes. Councilwoman Gordon. Yes. And Councilwoman Lateau. Yes. Okay, there we have five yeses. Okay, thank you. Motion carries. All right, moving on to resolution 2020-62, agreement with Benton City Chamber of Commerce for 21 through 23. So this is just an amendment. It's a, uh, another year amendment to the interlocal that we have with West Richland for street sweeping. Um, each amendment lasts one year. Uh, so this is for the year 2021. Is there anything major changed in that interlocal? No, the interlocal is remaining the same. Uh, it's just the amendment number nine, which I believe I can not see on my screen. Um, it's it's the same as amendment uh, amendment number eight. It just uh, changes the years changes the years and is effective January 1st, 2021. So I believe it's just the year that changes. And it recognizes that in the interlocal section 4C under general terms states that Benton City recognizes that annual written amendments to the hourly street sweeping rate and attachment me on January 1st shall be necessary. So it's a requirement of the interlocal. Yeah, as long as pricing and that hasn't changed drastically or anything. Uh, I move to approve resolution 2020-61 authorizing the mayor to sign amendment number nine, the interlocal agreement with West Richland for street sweeping services. Second. second. Okay. All right. Roll call, please. Councilwoman Lateau. Yes. Councilman Sandretto. Yes. Councilman Mokler? Yes. Councilwoman Stady? Yes. Councilwoman Gordon? Yes. Okay, Mayor, we have five yeses. Okay, motion carries. Now it's time for resolution 2020-62, agreement with Benton City Chamber of Commerce for 2021 through 2023. So this agreement um, is actually 2021 through 2022. Um, what I did do for the council is I took their 2020 agreement and I uh, changed so that you could see exactly where the changes in their scope of work 
work was. Um, the price that they're charging is the same as in 2020 for both years. So it's 39,500. And that amount is what we do have budgeted in our biennial budget for both years. So if I get this right, they want us to agree to a two-year contract. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, this is Councilman Mokler. I guess I'll start. Dakota, have you done any work to try and move away from the city funding you and finding your own budget money? Uh, thanks for the uh, question, Councilman Mokler. Um, we have asked, I know that we had the conversation this time last year about the city looking into potentially if there's any sort of grant assistance uh, with the grant writer that could be done. Um, other than that, uh, frankly, no, um, do believe that we are providing a service to the city. Um, I think that's just become more and more evidence. Um, and then as far as, you know, relationship building outside of that, we are continuing to do that, but we are asking for the same amount that was budgeted this last year. And that is currently on, uh, for the upcoming, uh, two years as, is indicated in the budget, like Tiffany mentioned. So, no. Would you go over the budget and what has not been spent this year? What has been spent on what uh, due to the COVID shutdowns? I apologize. Can you, are you saying, uh, would we go over the contracted amount? Basically what you've, what you have and have not spent due to the COVID shutdowns, uh, the work that was not able to be completed and if you transfer that money to other projects or, or however, can you give a brief overview on that? Yeah, so we, we continued operations as normal. COVID really didn't impact our, um, our office really at all because we did have to come up with different ways of engaging the community, both uh, on the tourism side of things, the business engagement and how to specifically assist uh, businesses uh, in the city. And then as far as the community activities, which of course is our biggest uh, and primary topic, um, I think it's very evident that that was our, our biggest struggle this past year with the COVID-19 restrictions. Obviously, a lot of the events that are listed, we weren't able to do. Um, some cities, again, did choose to not pursue any sort of uh, in-person engagement or get creative um, like we did, for instance, like rather than canceling the parade and doing a virtual one, um, we decided to get creative and do a procession um, with the same you know, amount of volunteers. Um, we you know, utilize the resources within the contract um, and within uh, that scope. And overall, uh, we have $1,800 of this past year's contract that wasn't utilized. Um, because those were the things that we weren't able to accomplish and was specifically um, under the business development area, um, just because we ideally wanted to start bi-monthly lunch and learns in 2020. But with everything that businesses were facing, uh, we, we quickly realized that having that sort of um, dialogue wasn't going to be successful in 2020 when 
priorities were elsewhere. So um, we're going to continue to kind of stick with that same uh, thought process that uh, the events that you see listed there, we're going to express every effort to do that. Um, we had such great momentum in 2019 with those events. Our team was extremely saddened to not be able to, to take those events and build on that success this last year. Um, so we are anticipating that, you know, hopefully our, we are going to be able to do some of these. But again, if it does continue with COVID-19 restrictions through 2021, um, we're going to continue to do the same thing and not go over budgets and to do our best to fulfill those three areas of visitor and tourism services, business development and community activities and engagement. Any further questions for Dakota? I don't have any, um, oh, I was just going to say, I don't have any questions, but again, uh, Dakota and team, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing uh, in the community. I think it's um, really important, especially, you know, during this year, it's been hard and to see our community out there, you know, participating where they can um, and just kind of seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. I, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you very much, Council Member Gordon. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Hira. Okay, I would entertain a motion. Madam Mayor, I move to approve uh, resolution 2020-62, um, authorizing the mayor to sign the 2021-2022 agreement for service between the city of Benton City and the Benton City Chamber of Commerce. Do I have a second? Steady second. All right. Roll call, please. Councilwoman Gordon? Yes. Councilman Sandretto? No. Councilman Mokler? No. Councilwoman Lateau? No. And Councilwoman Stady. Yes. Okay, Mayor, we have two yeses, three noes. Madam okay. Mayor, if you don't mind, can I can I ask that um, we put this item as a discussion for an upcoming council uh, meeting? Yes, that we can do. Thank you, I appreciate that. All right, thank you. Okay. All right, we will move on now to the um, updated Dino Lane Purchase and Sale Agreement. Okay, hi, this is Alan. 
And uh, um, the reason this is before you is in section 1A of the purchase sales agreement. Um, I missed the, the actual or the, the estimated square footage of the property going to Bricker. And uh, originally we had it at 58,194 square feet. Uh, Mr. Bricker wanted to retain uh, a small triangle, as you can see in the attached um, exhibit B. He wanted to retain the small triangle below where the new street is going to go in. So, yeah, if we can go one more page. Yes, there we go. And <clears throat> so I had. Uh, inadvertently missed the, uh, the size of the, uh, the property Mr. Bricker was going to be retaining. And also we've added um, the approximate size of what the city is gonna be uh, retaining in the, this whole land swap. So I just wanted to, we just added the, the revised Bricker property square footage and also the uh, city's square footage just to make it clear in the agreement. And so that's that's all that changed was that square footage. The intent was that, that it was gonna be uh, divided up as shown in exhibit B. And uh, so I apologize for that. And I told the mayor the time that I've spent to um, adjust those uh, we will not be charging the city for that work. Okay. Madam Mayor, may I have the floor? Yes. Um, Alan references, if we give or include that in there, um, I want to make sure you have enough space and enough easement going into that road that he doesn't have some claim on us in the future. Um, <clears throat> oh, you're saying for the for the width of the road? Yes. Yeah, that that is would be a 50 foot right away through there. That, that's going to be enough for everything we ever have to do down there at city yards. And yes, yes. So, if, if nobody else has anything, I'll move to approve resolution 2020-62, which rescinds resolution 2020-57 and authorize the mayor to sign an updated purchase and sale agreement on the Dino Lane property. Okay, that was resolution 2020-63. Um, all right, I'll entertain a second. Second. Okay, roll call please. Uh, Councilman Sandero. Yes. Councilwoman Lato. Yes. Councilwoman Stady? 
Looks like we might have lost Councilwoman Stady. Okay. So do we have four votes? Uh, not yet. Um, Councilwoman Gordon? Yes. And Councilman Mogler? Yes. Okay, we do have four now. Okay, thank you. Motion carries. All right, uh, moving to resolution 2020-64, updated riverfront land purchase and sale agreement. Okay, so on this, uh, nothing has changed. Um, the, the reason uh, talking with uh, the attorneys, they thought that we should include this one because it, um, the two agreements refer to each other. So they thought if we're updating one, we need to, to uh, update both of them. As far as a resolution. Is there any discussion? Are the lawyer costs done in regards to this land? Yes. Excellent, thank you. Vote to approve resolution 2020. This is dash 63, is this 64? 64. Okay, 64, which rescinds resolution 2020-58 and authorizes the mayor to sign an updated purchase and sale agreement for the riverfront property. Okay. Second. All right, roll call, please. Okay, Councilwoman Stady? Yes. Councilwoman Lateau? Yes. Councilman Sandretto? Yes. Councilwoman Gordon? Yes. And Councilman Mogler? Yes. Mayor, we have five yeses. Okay. Motion carries, thank you. All right, moving to task order 2020-4, um, city engineer capital projects list. Alan, did you wanna say something about this? Um, sure. <clears throat> Um, this task order um, that you see before you is for the uh, assistance with updating the capital facilities plan, which will be used in the, the updated comp plan. And so I'd be working with Kyle and other city staff and uh, uh, Nicole on the planning aspect and coming up with a list of projects, the costs and uh, um, a planned schedule for implementing those those uh, upgrades.
Madam Mayor, I move to approve task order 2020-4 for the city engineer to assist city staff to update the city of Benton City Capital Facilities Plan for the comprehensive plan update. All right, uh, roll call, please. Councilman Sandretto? Yes. Councilman Mokler? Yes. Councilwoman Lato? Yes. Councilwoman Stady? Yes. And Councilwoman Gordon? Yes. We okay. have five yeses there. Thank you. Motion carries. Okay, now we're happy to say we have the employee confirmation um, of Jenny. And um, Tiffany, were you gonna say something here and introduce Jenny? Yes, so uh, before I introduce Jenny, I wanna thank all of the council members who uh, watched all the interviews and graded uh, all the applicants. Uh, Jenny was our top pick. Um, we really feel like she's going to be a very uh, good asset to the city of Benton City. Um, she's been in the office a little bit. Uh, her first day was officially today, but she's been in the office off and on since last Wednesday and has picked things up really well. Um, she has proven herself to be a strong leader with a record of exceeding goals and expectations. Uh, with special expertise in management, productivity, and quality control. And she's worked in Benton City for the last six and a half years. So she has a, a good connection with our uh, constituents. Uh, so with that, I would like her to say a little something about herself. My favorite thing to do. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess you kind of summed it up, really. I mean, um, this is a big change for me. I'm taking a 21 year career and starting, I mean, um, I have experience in some of the areas, but not quite um, exactly what it is you do. I got a lot of the jargon going on today and I was like, oh, this is what it's like. <laughs> when people walk in and I hire for banking, we're talking DDAs and all these crazy things. Um, nice little eye opener for me, but I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to learn it. This is an exciting adventure for me. And I'm graduating with my bachelor's in accounting, so it was time for me to move on to the next step. And so I'm, I'm super excited to be here with you guys. And I'm glad that you guys chose me. I appreciate that. Thank you. And welcome. And I, I would also like to add here, though it's not on the agenda, that we really are going to miss Tiffany as well. And she's been quite the asset to us and um, has hung in there and... Uh, um, led us through a lot of this and so she deserves a good break now so Tiffany put your face right back up there for us it's to here. see it's here <laughs> I want to thank council for putting up with me for the last six months and uh, uh, I appreciate you uh, the opportunity to be able to serve the citizens of Benton City and the staff is phenomenal um, you have a great team here and uh, it's just, with Jenny, it's just, you're gonna have smooth sailing ahead. So it's just gonna be, it's just gonna get better. So, but thank you for the opportunity and I am looking forward to my retirement, very much so. Okay, thank you. Madam Mayor, may I? Yes. 
Tiffany, I'm going to miss you dearly. I don't think you'll miss me. Jenny, <laughs> I'm going to be a pain in the backside. And I'm sorry, dear, but I love you. I'm okay with that. I'll miss you too, Dan. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. So um, now we just have a couple of more items here. Um, Madam Mayor, we need uh, a motion to uh, move the confirmation of Jenny's employment. Oh, okay. All right. We better do that. Madam Mayor, I move to confirm the employment of Jenny Zuniga for the city of Benton City. Second. Okay, roll call, please. Councilwoman Lateau? Yes. Councilman Sandretto? Yes. Councilman Mokler? Yes. Councilwoman Stady? Yes. And Councilwoman Gordon? Yes. Okay. I Thank you. Unanimous. Thank you very much. Okay, now we'll move on to. Um, Approval of uh, change order number one on the Edith Sewer project. The mayor, I can speak on this if any of the council members have any questions. Kyle, you know I do. Yeah, I was waiting. <laughs> yeah, um, can you explain? Um, I, I see their paper, but can you explain what uh, they ran into that they weren't expecting that uh, increased the price? Yeah, so um, if you remember from when we were putting this job, uh, actually getting approval for this job from council, you had brought up and asked about the rock excavation um, yes. at that point in time and whether or not added costs were going to be in. And at that time, um, you know, I did... Uh, end up saying that I didn't think that uh, when we did run into rock that we would have an added cost. Um, after the meeting, I did then talk to Alan about it. And um, what we ended up doing when we went out to bid is we did not put anything in there for rock excavation because the fear of adding that this project was going to be in rock excavation would have uh, jumped the bid pricing across the board um, very highly. So um, as you're looking at this change order for just the rock excavation, I mean, we, we had um, approximately about 600 feet of linear feet of ditch that we had to dig. And we only ran into rock excavation um, that uh, when the existing line was put in, it was not put in at the right elevation. So we only had to end up rock hammering about 100 linear feet of pipe out of that, you know, 600 linear feet that we had to do through the whole project. So um, it really wasn't much of a rock excavation. Um, and like I stated, if we would have put in the contract that um, this was a rock excavation job, we would definitely would have been a lot higher priced. So um, just to give the council some numbers, um, we are still $13,000 under the uh, next bid person that bid on this job, this the second uh, lowest bidder, and we're $4,000 under what Alan's original estimate was for this project. So 
I feel that we're still in, in really good, good shape with this. You know, unfortunately we did, did run into some, some of the rock that we had to do. Um, our, our biggest hope was that, uh, you know, this system was already put in once. So the last contractor that did this already had to dig through the rock. So, you know, we shouldn't have any rock excavations, but unfortunately we did find out that the sewer line wasn't put in correctly before, which then made some of the rock excavations. So, um, as you can see, the rock excavation is only a total of about $11,000. Um, the removal and replacement of con uh, the PUD conduits, basically, there was some conduits that were in a duck bank, which a duck bank is that the conduits were encased in concrete. So for us to put the line in, we did have to remove that, and the contractor did have to replace that after we got our line in. So that was an unforeseen. And then uh, one of the manholes had to be rechanneled because when the piping was put in, uh, prior, it wasn't done correctly uh, into the manhole, and we were not changing that manhole, so we kind of had to do some rechanneling to make sure that the sewer was flowing correctly. So, so that's my spiel, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry, Mary, Mary, that we did did end up with a little bit more of a more of a cost, but I I still think that we we did get get uh, a lot done for the bang for our buck off of the what Alan's estimate was and what the next uh, uh, lowest bidder was also. All right, Kyle, I appreciate what you uh, say. Um, I do have a question though, when they're bidding something like this, um, even though you might not have rock excavation listed, isn't that something that they could assume might happen and they should uh, put maybe a cushion in their bid? Um, yeah, sometimes, but the rocket, the type of rock excavation that we're talking about, and why, why the cost ends up being so high is because it ends up being that when we get into solid rock, I mean, the contractor had to actually rent more equipment to actually get a, you know, a chipping hammer and stuff out to actually chip the rock out. So it's not like you get into some rock and you can dig it with your bucket and you can keep, keep digging, digging through it. I mean, it takes, takes other equipment and, and why the price jumps up pretty high is because then it ends up into a force account situation, which means when we are having to chip rock out, which was an unforeseen or wasn't part of the bid or whatever, you know, basically the city's paying for, you know, every piece of equipment that's on that site that's basically happened to hold work why, um, you know, the rock's trying to be removed. Okay, so um, are you happy with the job they've done? Yeah, absolutely. This the uh, contractor was very great to work with, easy to work with, and uh, um, you know anything that we asked them to do and you know make right or correct, they did it. And uh, the line was also cameraed uh, for inspection uh, when. Uh, Alan reviewed the camera. He had noticed some things that me and the contractor didn't notice. And uh, the contractor actually dug the line up in a couple of spots that ended up being a little rock underneath the line. So we were able to remove, remove that. So I'm, uh, I'm happy with the product. All right, thank you, Kyle, appreciate it. Yep.
Okay, I would entertain a motion. Move to approve change order number one for the Edith Stewart project in the amount of $12,562.79, adjusting the total contract amount to $56,320.45. Smokler, I'll second. Okay, uh, roll call, please. Councilwoman Gordon? Yes. Councilman Sandretto? Yes. Councilman Mokler? Yes. Councilwoman Lateau? Yes. And Councilwoman Stady? Yes. Okay. Motion carries. Thank you. All right. Moving on to approval of the project acceptance for the Edith Sewer Project. I move to approve the Edith Sewer Project in the in apparent compliance with the plans and specifications in the amount of $56,320.45. I second. Aye. All in, um, all in favor? Dady, aye. Gordon, aye. Mokler, aye. Lateau, aye. Okay. All right, motion carries, I believe. Um, thank you. And um, we'll move on now to uh, unfinished business. And uh, um, Mr. Ferguson had asked to speak about this change in the size of city council. Craig, are you going to be discussing this? I apologize, Mayor. I don't recall making that request. So I don't know if Eric had made that request. Yes, um, he did. Okay. So you're not prepared to talk about this? Well, I, I can certainly um, um, discuss, you know, uh, just generally what, what that would take, um, you know, it, to, to expand that size of council. Um, you know, our RCW allows for us to expand uh, our council size, um, it, it would be, you know, significant, a significant undertaking in, in terms of, uh, you know, man hours to get uh, the, the necessary updates reflected in our code provisions um, to account for that increase. Uh, and then at the point at which uh, uh, we increased our size of council, then we would have uh, a procedure whereby our, our council would appoint um, the additional uh, council members who, again, would would be up for uh, for election um, in staggering terms. So uh, that first council member appointed would, would be up at the next general election, and the follow and, and then the following general election, that uh, second council member would be up for election as well. Um, and that's the generally the process that's that's outlined in our RCW. Um, as far as you know, the number of hours that it would take to you know, get that across the goal line, it would probably be upwards of 20 hours, I would say, to actually get that done. So it'd be a pretty significant undertaking. Um, but certainly if council's uh, wish is to move forward uh, on that uh, particular item uh, and to push that towards the goal line, we can certainly do that, um, but it's not gonna be uh, light lifting. What's your time frame on that, Craig? Well, um, you know, from start to finish, I would probably estimate, you know, 
roughly a month, two months of work to, to get that uh, in place. Uh, and, and then again, um, you, you know, including in that in that time frame as well, you know, council action to uh, adopt that that increase and then also to appoint members. You know, we're probably looking at, you know, right around a, a, a four to five month time frame. You know I'm for this. Um, however, cost obviously. If you're looking at the, your billable hours, right? That's that's quite a significant chunk. Uh, twenty twenty five hundred, twenty six hundred dollars, right? Right in there, right? Well, yeah, I'm thinking probably between. Um, yeah, probably right around that mark. Uh, you know, between twenty five hundred and 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 you know three three grand somewhere in that range, I think would be a, a you know, a, a conservative uh, estimate of, of those costs. I think council is going to need to think about this individually and, and see if that's a, a dollar figure. We can spend on. I know we've had some overruns on some things recently, so. But and and again, I, I understand that. Absolutely. Councilmember Sandretto, if you're saying something, I, I can't hear you. I said I, I I am still for moving this forward. However, with recent overruns and costs, I'm not sure that it's the right move at this particular moment. However, I think council members need to think about it and come back and have a discussion on it at our next meeting. So, Mr. Briggs, how does that work with, you know, the timing of, I'm not sure when, you know, council members appointed, if they have to um, let the election folks know, you know, that that date is quickly approaching too, if we're looking at four to five months. So as far as when that time frame would be, uh, is, is the question, when, when would that first appointed council member be up for an election? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay. And if, you know, what, what does the deadline look like? Um, because what do you announce your candidacy um, in April or, or May? Well, and I'd have to, what I'll probably uh, need to do is follow up with you on that. I'll, I can look at the, uh, the calendars at the, um, at the Secretary of State's webpage and our local uh, county auditor to, to nail that down for you and get a response out um, tomorrow to determine that, you know, when that, when that staggered, um, you know, first election would occur and also when that uh, staggered second election would occur with regard to the uh, second appointed position. Okay. They would fall Great. with the other council members, correct? Say again? That staggering would follow with the other council members, correct? That's correct. So you're looking at a year and yeah, about a year. So yeah, they would have to file if they were wanting to be on the ballot for November in May. Yeah, we're cutting it pretty close there. That's why I say we ought to give it a thought and come back and discuss it here at the next council meeting. 
I would agree. Yeah, we either, either need to move on it or not, so. And I will follow up with uh, with um, Council Member Gordon on that on specific you know time frame dates. Just Great. just so Council has a better idea of whether or not this is something that we should that uh, it feels would would be, um, you know, from an efficiency and effectiveness standpoint, whether this would be worth pursuing now or waiting. Okay, Is, are there any more uh, questions or discussion? Okay, hearing none, we will put this on the next agenda um, in January for uh, discussion. And uh, with that, then I will adjourn the um, regular council meeting and we will go into executive session. And um, does someone have an estimate on how long that will take? Yeah, so I'm thinking probably about 20 minutes. Um, and again, for the purpose uh, under uh, 42, uh, 30, 110 subsection I to discuss uh, potential for litigation as concerns the city of Benton City. Okay, so, um, We'll adjourn the regular council meeting now and uh, hold the executive session. And then um, we'll put uh, most of the people in the holding room and uh, you're welcome to stay uh, to, to, um, uh, till the end. And we'll get back in touch in 20 minutes. Thank Mayor, you. do you expect there to be any action taken after the executive session? I don't. I, okay. Um, Just so don't, people know. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't have any idea <laughs> myself. Okay. So, so I, um, I'm going to start taking people out and I'll let you know when everybody's out. Okay. And why don't we take a five minute break and then uh, come back in five minutes.